0: Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate.
1: And hey, everybody, this is Andy Nelson from Marvel Movie Minute and the Next Real Film Podcast. I'm out there as at Soda Creek Film. Awesome. And thank you so much for joining us to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we
0: got to talk a lot about Marvel movies as well. We got to, you know, mix the, the pot a bit. So it's been great <laughs> to have finally have you guys on board to talk about some DC movies. And uh yeah, it's I just been an absolute pleasure. Um Hopefully soon we'll, we'll get Pete on the show as well. Unfortunately, couldn't join us uh he's not dead he's
1: just busy um but uh, we'll get him on the show soon enough <laughs> absolutely well i'm thrilled to be a part of this um i i really you know i i get kind of irritated with the uh the division between fans uh, of these universes like i it, like you can enjoy both they're they both have a lot of things going for them they both have their good things and their bad things and i i really love this one so i'm glad to be here talking about it with yes yeah.
0: absolutely i i always see it as like you know people can easily change gears with comic books right like whether it's uh w- whatever kind of version of batman they, g- they have out in a different comic book different writing team a uh, grant morrison batman versus like a, a frank miller batman uh do that with movies right yeah. like you know I, I i love guardians of the galaxy that first movie but i also love batman v superman donald justice like i can switch gears baby like we just just do that as well and you can i mean the the marvel people people will say like the marvel cinematic universe has like this formula and stuff to it and sure yes it does kevin feige is behind the wheel but even those movies that whole universe has a variety of flavor that you can get behind um so you could just you know do the same thing. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, just talking about the internals, and I exactly. feel like I can enjoy it.
1: <laughs> it's like anything. It's like uh, I don't know. There's there's so much more fun if you're out there able to just enjoy stuff rather than just uh, you know negate things.
0: Mm-hmm. And and speaking of fun, uh, boy, do I love today's minute. Uh, this is minute 170 of part five. All the king's horses, Steppenwolf searching for the mother box is how this minute's going to start. Uh, He finds the Mother Box at the end of this minute. Uh, But he has to confront uh, Dr. Silas Stone before getting it. And so this is a big Steppenwolf minute. Uh, You know, to put it to a human perspective, uh, you are being chased by a warlord alien. Uh, It's almost like a predator kind of situation that we have here. Um, Because I think that's the only alien with technology that hunts people i think that's the only (laughs) reference i can make it's like predator uh and uh boy do i love this minute because i love steppenwolf and I, i especially well this version of steppenwolf it's a complete 180 from the other version right and and i've gone from you know the steppenwolf i saw in the movies back in 2017 being like what the hell is that? Where's Darkseid at, you know? <laughs> uh, but now this one, I every time I watch this movie, I love this character. Uh, we've talked so much about how three-dimensional, how dynamic this character is, his, his motivation, um, his his history, his his want to go back home. And so this is his, his get-out-of-jail card, is this final mother box. He needs this. And so there's sympathy for him to get the mother box in some regard. Uh, of, of course, now we're putting in perspective with Dr. Silas stone being hunted by such a giant monster in this, in this science lab. And it is just so cool to see Steppenwolf with this beautiful visual effects. Again, something that I can't say about the 2017 film, but uh It has one of my favorite shots of this entire movie in this minute. But yes, Andy, what are your thoughts on today's minute?
1: Well, you know, I'm glad I got some Steppenwolf because um, like you, when I saw the the um, theatrical Justice League, my head was like, who is this villain? Like, why should I care (laughs) about this character? Like, there's nothing interesting about the character. It just uh, the design was there, but it never looked quite as good as it looks in this film. And I just, I like, I just never, there was never any sense of real draw or connection or wanting to know more about this character. When I watched this for the first time, it was like that light bulb went off. Oh, this is who this character is. Like, this is what I was missing. And, like you don't necessarily need like something I really appreciate with the writing of this film is we don't need to see all of Steppenwolf's backstory. We don't need to start this film with the story of his fall from whatever, when he uh, right. displeased dark side, like just the conversations that he has earlier in the film, like with Desaad, you're getting this sense of this, this world building and the sense of uh, everything that had happened without necessarily having to show all of us and you know i know cinema it's always like show don't tell but but sometimes you can over show and you're giving us too much and just the simple thread that they give us was like that's everything i needed to really understand who this character is and what the motivations are and and why we're going through this whole thing with this character and it worked so much better not to mention just visually like this is one of the most exciting villains uh, between this universe and even the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I just love this look of this character. It's so interesting. There's like hints of the destroyer from Thor, but just uh, even like taken to the next level. I just, I really, really love this villain. And I'm thrilled that, um, like I said, that I get a little hint of him here in this, uh, in our conversations this week.
0: Yeah.
2: It's an excellent minute. Um, it's definitely like, um... I think it's a both show not tell and uh, tell not show thing going on at the same time here um, because we do know. Show Step- and tell if you will. Yeah. <laughs> we we know Steppenwolf's motivation is this mother box um, and it being the last mother box. This is his whole thing. The last conversation we heard was, you know, Darkseid telling him don't call me back unless you got the third one. Like, don't even bother, you know? so the the desperate actions that this villain is having to go through right now um, is really cool. and it's shown through his anger and his size in such an incredible way that uh, I don't really think we see all that much in comic book movies because the focus isn't supposed to be about how severely menacing this antagonist is. And I, I will say something that will probably irk some people. Um, but in this minute, we do get uh, a devotion, a resolve, and really intense actions from our antagonist. Something that I didn't necessarily see in, let's say, Thanos. Um, Mainly because Thanos was always, in my mind, uh, one step ahead of everything. So it's kind of like ba- baked in. Uh, if if failure was to occur, it's kind of already baked in because you're not even focusing on that failure. You're focusing on uh, recuperating from that. And you are probably going to succeed at that uh, recuperation. Um, that mindset isn't. Doesn't exist here for Steppenwolf. It is do or do not kind of thing in this moment. So it is get the mother box, use all of my might to get this, and uh, I'm angry right now. Um, his size walking through the the the, the scout ship uh, contamination room that we have uh, as mm-hmm. he's ripping his axe through the doorway is one of the best uh, villain entrances I have ever seen. Um, it goes into a slow motion moment here. And uh, we talk a lot about the parts of slow motion that we can cut out in this movie to one safer time and just have it visually pleasing and stuff. Don't you dare touch this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't you dare. Um, the, the volumes that this imagery speaks of him coming through these uh, metal doors, these glass and metal doors and, and ripping through them and having to literally bend down and And force his way into this uh, you know, science lab is very visually pleasing. um, just as a villain. Like that's what I want to see in this space monster. You know all of all of him, every aspect about him, I think, is uh, very menacing, very terrifying, something that I didn't see in a big bad superhero villain like Thanos. Um, because it was
0: always more of a mind smart thing on that yeah. side so um, you're talking like stepping wolf is always fighting uphill whereas thanos like is already won basically. Yeah, but you're talking more like infinity war right because like when they're trying to get the reality stone he's like already has it like the collector's already dead like is that mm-hmm. what you're Kind of like, uh, yeah, that's you what my mindset like goes
2: to. But you can also put it into, yeah, Infinity War. Yeah,
0: it's just you never it, feel it, like he's actually like he himself has has any not uh, as much effort as what
2: we're seeing here. That's the thing. It's yeah. it's the effortness that uh, really takes the cake for me. Um, I can understand Steppenwolf's effort in here. Um, the effort shown in Thanos, especially at the end of end uh, at the end of Infinity War, um, when he finally has all the pieces, was still very like it's uh, according to plan, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. I knew that he was going to get all the pieces. It just, you just knew that was a thing. Like, I, I don't know. There wasn't any option that he wasn't going to have it. Maybe because they told us way in the beginning that it was going to happen. So I don't know. <laughs> but my whole yeah. point behind this um is that the size that they used for steppenwolf and him to be like this anger being walking through this metal (laughs) toy set pretty much is just really powerful like this is this is villainy in my opinion this is comic book space villain space knight that is going to kill anything and everything in his way to uh get his end goal um it's just really great it's great honestly. Yeah. There, it, it, the, go for Sorry. it. Sorry.
1: There's there's an interesting uh you know I, I, the comparison with Thanos is really interesting but I I feel like there might be a more uh apt comparison between somebody like Ebony Maw where okay. Uh you know cuz I I suppose if we we're looking in that sort of sense like Thanos to dark side kind of like the, the figure who's behind all of this, like waiting for their minions to put all the pieces in place. Wouldn't it, would it have been interesting to like see Ebony Maw as a, like a villain for a full film, like building up to that point. I don't know if they would have ever done that, but I feel like that's like some of the stuff going on at the very beginning of infinity war. I think you could almost compare with some of this and kind of the behavior of, uh, that we're getting that we, you know, that, um, the Steppenwolf exhibits here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Ebony um, Maw is a definitely a good one. Yeah, I understand. do want to say I'm pretty sure I think there is a bigger storyline with but, Ebony uh, Maw uh, in um, the uh, newer Ronin. Infinity.
0: Ronan, another okay, well, yeah, because Guardians is I, I, I do like that first Guardians movie. I feel like Ronan um, there could have been more. I, that's another thing I wanted to talk about is, is Steppenwolf in this movie. It's just constantly going, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot, um, uh, in, in these DC movies, a lot of times we see these big monster CGI characters only in the third act, you know, General Zod, uh, you know, I know it's Michael Shannon, but it's a CGI fight, uh, Ares, Doomsday, Incubus in Suicide Squad, I, maybe. Um, but uh, Steppenwolf, from the beginning of the movie to the very end of the movie, is a character that exists in the story and is constantly playing a role through action, through dialogue. Like, that character is the brains and also the brawn throughout the the film. And that's what's different in this movie versus the other DC movies, is that you get to enjoy this action figure yeah for a lot longer instead of just waiting for the third act and then being like you know doomsday caught a lot of people in surprise and Ares did the same thing in wonder woman but Steppenwolf is a character not just a cgi monster to be fought in the third act yeah um, which he was
1: and, in the justice league the in Africa. the justice right. league
0: when, yes yeah. yes of course um and 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 I think that's that's the difference here. Is that this is this is just a living character, um, that we get to enjoy and we get to get to know, instead of just being something that they punch at the end. And um, I, I think that's another good thing about using a character like Steppenwolf. Like I know, you know, people like us. We we even say when we go, you know, who the hell is this character? Why even bring this character in? And because, like, even if you've read the comics, even if you know who Steppenwolf is, there's still nothing really there that uh, sustains an entire story. Because normally, if Steppenwolf invades an Earth of, of the DC Universe, he's he whets the appetite for Darkseid's invasion. You know, it's he's he's just the welcome mat for Darkseid's invasion and but it's an opportunity that they capitalize in this film where they've taken pretty much a blank slate character and like decorated him in this in in a way that they can transform the character into something meaningful and it's a lot easier or um there's less risk more reward to do that than it is to bring in lex Luthor, which everyone has an opinion on how Alexa, be quiet. Um, (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. That's the future we're living in, buddy. Yeah. That's a
2: reality. That's
0: my... Yeah, I don't have an Alexa. I have a Lex. Uh, And, uh, yeah, that... that, uh, The Lex Luthor, everyone has an opinion on how you're supposed to uh, direct that character. Even other people who've played Lex Luthor have an opinion on how Lex Luthor is supposed to be directed. And it's like, okay, why don't you just... You know, you take Steppenwolf, and you can do whatever you want, but do something with him. Uh, and they don't do that in the in the first version, but they do
1: here. Um, the the so. way like, if, and the character design of Steppenwolf is just incredible. Like just like the all those little silver, like the just the pieces and the entire uh, shaping of him. And one of my favorite character moments of him. I mean, your call out, uh, you know, Nathan with coming through that smoke, you know, ducking down with that, uh, the axe and everything. It's just like, what an incredible reveal. I love the way that that plays. But I also love to pieces the moment after he's arrived, as he's getting ready to walk in, he turns and he looks at all the humans (laughs) that are standing there and just does this like little grunt and like all of the little blades come popping all out over his armor it's it's just such a a small moment here but it exhibits so much about who the character is and i just mm. it, it's just i love that moment
0: so much i love this the angry cat moment it's like yep. his hair, <laughs> hair raising <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh and that's the thing that like he has so much personality uh in in so many different ways you know sometimes he's like he's got like this sad face you know there's memes about this Steppenwolf. like. Uh, you know, I feel like if you're able to, to create so many memes about a character, Thanos has so many memes uh, from yeah. Infinity War. Uh, I used I used one earlier today. But it's like because Thanos and Steppenwolf are these characters, not just CGI monsters. Um, and that's that's what makes them timeless is that yeah. that you go back and you're like, oh, yeah, I like this character. Yeah. Um, we we're just talking about Eternals. Eternals has that problem where um, I can't even remember the name of it, but there is kind of like that. Um, there's a big CGI monster that's like it, it, it kills um, Gilgamesh in the forest and stuff. Someone who remembers the movie better than I do, they probably remember what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, there's, that's that's a problem these comic book movies have is is they create these big CGI monsters but don't give them um, enough pathos. To be loved, yeah. uh, and that's that just that. That was Crow. Is that the name? Yeah, oh, I know. I could No,
1: wouldn't have been oh. able to tell you that <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to look it up. <laughs>
0: we say Incubus from uh, a Suicide Squad, and we have to, we always have to tell people we're not talking about the band, we're <laughs> talking about there's yeah. a character in Suicide Squad named Incubus. Um, <laughs> if people rem- remember that character, um, but yeah, uh, it's it's stuff like that. It just they need they need more they need more than just visual yeah. effects, um, but yeah I uh, absolutely love Steppenwolf Wolf in this um, in this minute this was like the first time I was watching this movie and uh, seeing Steppenwolf, Wolf which is a, a big CGI character and something that they. Uh, studios are getting more confident with now is like being able to have a cgi character in broad daylight quote unquote broad daylight for a cgi character um but to have light reflect off so many polygons and being able to like live up to it um it it really shows in steppenwolf and you and when you watch the movie um to see kind of like the oil, the purple hues, and all the stuff on his armor, it really gives the metal, like, a texture to it that feels like metal that's not just um, a, a CGI pattern that they threw on him and then said, oh, let's hope for the best. I mean, he's, he's metal. But it's like the oils and some of the other particles that are on the metal, they they are... Um they they're shown kind of purpley because it's the light is hitting it in such a way that it's illuminating that kind of gunmetal. I've always called it that kind of shade that it has to it, um, where it's a very kind of enamel gray. And uh that that's something I've also really liked about the Steppenwolf is it the CGI looks so much uh cared for like it has like more i don't know i I still don't know like how quickly they uh finished this steppenwolf but it it looks like they took their time versus the 2017 one that looks kind of like an unfinished uh action figure or something like it has like one solid shade to him the whole time
1: yeah it just the it, there's a clear evolution in the CG creation of a character like this. Like you know, I don't know, it's it's always interesting to look at like those those touch points through um, CG history of as things evolve, like, Monsters Inc. Wow, look, we now can cover a creature in hair and and actually Mm -hmm. make it looking correct. And like you can kind of continue seeing that evolution through. And there's always the one right beforehand where it's like, well, it didn't quite look right, but you know, you forgive them because it was like, well, they hadn't figured it out yet. And I feel like like, you know, I mentioned the destroyer from Thor earlier, and I feel like Mm -hmm. that was a good precursor for this. But like when you see what they've done with Steppenwolf here, it's like a clear evolution from from even from Thor in uh, 2010 to the Steppenwolf in 2017, to the Steppenwolf that we ended up getting this one. Like you can see that, that um, the, the changes in what they were able to accomplish with visual effects. And by the time they got to this one, it's like, this is just uh, astonishing. And rarely is there a shot of it where I go, oh, it's just CG.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You, I don't you, think we've had that. Well, yeah. I guess a couple times, Mark, but it was like more of like connecting lines. Not not like big polygonal blocks or anything like that or hmm. or, or, or solid textures. It was you know, and only things that we would see doing it in minute by minute. But yeah. but you're right. I mean it's, it's it's flawless CGI for this for this guy, honestly. I think Beautiful we talked colors. about it like
0: there have been moments because we're doing it minute by minute we can see where it's still kind of an unfinished movie like they were just mm. like get it done put it out on HBO Max you Yeah. internet you won you get your movie but that <laughs> there's some moments that we're like oh you can tell they they never got to finish it cuz
1: Yeah.
0: Um, 2017 happened. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So Oops. But yeah, uh, Steppenwolf. Uh, he's gonna confront, uh, Doctor Silas Stone here. Uh, Joe Morton. He he primes up that that um, laser cannon, and then you start to see the the sliding door come starting to come across, and uh, who knows what's gonna happen next week? So.
1: I feel uh, so much like when I watch this particular moment with him, I go straight back to Terminator 2. I don't know if you've had references to oh him yeah. in that film. Oh, but yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Especially like, here. Like, yeah. This is that it, moment where they're about to blow up the building and he's holding that little thing over the bomb. I'm just
0: like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, uh, this would be like the third time. I, I'm sure he's probably played him more than once, but third time in a major franchise that he plays a scientist, right? So You know, Terminator, T2, Um, this movie, and then Godzilla, King of the Monsters. He's um, Houston, Houston Brooks Mm -hmm. uh, now in modern day. So, (laughs) um, yeah, it's there's this moment and uh
2: very great ca- like character acting if that's what we're going to call it now like if you're good if it's like okay we just need a, a good scientist like joe morton's like oh, right. yeah it's absolutely like joe <laughs> morton is capitalized <laughs> right. on it joe morton's free let's get him it's like, oh of course not even a second thought um but yeah the the terminator references and just idea behind it all is something that is just incredibly fun to connect especially with him as Silas Stone um it just really makes you think that there obviously was that reasoning behind it like there there had to have been like it's so obvious that you you can't unsee it but at the same time you have to look at this character and his work and be like oh yeah no he is an actor let's let's let him do the acting like
1: yeah
0: absolutely Go for it. you know it's got to be a nightmare as a xeno Z- science scientist xeno scientist who have a piece of xeno technology and then said xenomorph shows up at your lab like just the thought it's like oh you mess with alien technology all the time like and then for an alien to actually show up and be like i want that piece of technology back please like
2: <laughs> yeah it's all happening so very quickly um especially within this universe i mean you get the, the the idea that aliens exist obviously happened when when Zod was very comfortably sitting in orbit and and started to talk to everybody, um, so then like the 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 interest in in xeno life um, just you know goes out the window right it's 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 kind of like the whole genetics thing in Jurassic Park like everybody wants to do it and everything um, it's just really cool and the fact that it's all happening so quickly. Um, is a very cool uh, mirror, I think, to uh, reality. Um, Because it's not like we could ever be prepared for anything, like if anything were to happen like that, if there was some sort of Xeno life showing up, malicious or not. um, It's not like humans are going to be like, oh, yeah, we know what to do. Like, we have been through this before. (laughs) I I watched the movie. I got it. Like, you you remember Contact? We're good. Like, no, no, no. This is all fast. You don't know what is going to happen. Yeah. So it's really cool to see this very fast, action-packed moment, and then going back to what I was saying with slowing it down with the with the slow mo is um, so real. I think for just as a viewer, putting myself in the shoes of a human facing a alien monster.
0: Yeah, yep. I just now I'm like going through my head of like science scientists in labs. Messing with Xenotechnology and aliens coming for it. I think it's like (laughs) this movie, Independence Day, right? Because they have the alien ship in the the lab. Uh, Pacific Rim, right? Because Charlie Day connects with a piece of uh, kaiju flesh, which is a terrible idea, but that's Charlie Day for you. I never saw Independence Day 2. Did any of you see that?
1: Yep. I don't recall there being another, uh, I mean, the thing I remember about that is a giant alien coming down at the end and uh, running through the desert. It's a whole crazy thing, but uh, okay. I'm would sure you... there's a lab. <laughs> They're still in <laughs> the you, desert. Would you recommend if... it? Uh, you know, it is it is what it is.
0: <laughs> it's still got Jeff, Jeff Goldblum
1: in it, yeah? I think I remember. It, it has a number of the people returning for that one. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow. Okay. So but Bill, Bill Pullman comes back. They got no the Pullman. Way. They got the Pullman. They got Mr. Yep. President back? Yep, yep. Oh, wow. You know, uh, Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, <laughs> If you, it, it's not exactly the same genre, but certainly at the end of that, or in part of that one, the alien does come down to take back its artifact.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to see it. I'll have to see it. I will have to see i have not seen it yet, so... Yeah.
1: I loved it. I think that it's you know like a lot of Wes Anderson, uh, it's going to have its people who love it and its people who go, hmm, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> uh, well, who are we to know about directors'
0: visions and uh, <laughs> their polarizing films? So yeah, right. <laughs> I think that's a good note to to end on. So uh, Andy, once more, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, once more, let us, let them know, um, well, uh, do you have any, do you have another Marvel movie coming out soon
1: or in the works? <sighs> not that we're re- getting ready to talk about. Uh, at some point, you know, we'll start jumping into phase two with uh, Iron Man 3. Uh, we're not quite there yet. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned, Pete and I are taking a break, but uh, certainly oh, open to other people who might want to come in and, and potentially uh, host that. And um, but, you know, we're still cranking away over on the next reel, constantly talking about movies over there. Uh, Right now we're doing different movie series from awards ceremonies over the decades. So at, at the time of recording, we're talking about the 19 we're getting ready to talk about the 1952 Academy Award nominees for best black and white cinematography. So totally different types of conversations we have over there. Um, you know, we're all on true um, FM. You can find uh, all of our shows there and on all of your podcatchers. Wow, that's uh, that's awesome. That's gotta be a real uh palette cleanser,
0: right? To just talk about like <laughs> the award nominees and and to kind of go back into um what made movies so so special during that time. So that that's a that's a great Absolutely. one. I I, yeah. I i know people who who watch um like those movies, like in in like the kind of decades, uh, the nominees of the Academy Awards. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Uh, definitely check it out. And um, yeah, if everyone, is, you guys enjoyed what you heard today, uh, of course we're on social media at DCEU Minute, whatever social media exists at the current time of this release. So uh, things are always changing, but yeah, if uh, we're also part of the Dueling Genre Network, so you can find a, a plethora of other great podcasts. Uh, like Geek by Night, which is an original series that um, the final season is is releasing uh, on, on DuelingGenre.com. And that's where you can find us on and, and help support us on the Patreon, which not only helps support us, but all the other shows under the Dueling Genre umbrella. And without further ado, we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. And that'll be it. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can chat with us on Twitter at Minutes. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content, we also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.